Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. This time, Pardes is bringing Pesach to you. Let's dive in. This is Mayor Schweiger from Ephrat in Israel. Today, we will be learning about the four cups of wine that we have at the Seder. The word Seder means order. The meal that we have on Pesach night is very structured. And the four cups of wine create the fundamental framework for that structure. Two cups before the meal, two cups after the meal. On the first cup, we recite the Kiddush. On the second cup, we tell the story of the subjugation of the Jewish people and their subsequent deliverance. On the third cup of wine, which we have after the meal, we recite Birkat HaMazon, the grace after meals. And on the fourth cup, we sing songs of praise. We complete the recitation of the Hallel with an add-on, what is known as the Hallel Hagadol, Hodu Lashem Kitov, Ki Leolam Chasto. Why do we have four cups of wine at the Seder? The answer to this question can be found in reference number one in Genesis Rabbah. In fact, there are multiple answers to this question, but I think the most significant answer and the first one which is given is what we have on our sheet. Rav Huna said in the name of Rav Benaya, the four cups of wine correspond to the four, and I put in brackets, languages of, but in the original it says, redemptions that were said in Egypt. What are these four redemptions or languages of redemption? Well, we can find them in reference number two in the book of Exodus, chapter six. But before I discuss this, let me just give you background. In chapter five, Moshe and Aaron make their initial appearance before God, present him with an ultimatum, let my people go. Pharaoh brushes them away. Not only does he do that, he increases appreciably the workload on the Jewish people. This initial encounter is an abysmal failure. Moshe becomes very disheartened. And in response to that, God tells him, chapter 6, verses 2 to 8, the speech of redemption, which he is to transmit to the Jewish people, that will outline the process of redemption. I want to focus in particular on verses 6 and 7. Say therefore to the Israelite people, I am the Lord. I will take you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, 
and save you, or I should say the burdens of Egypt, and save you from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. And you shall know that I, the Lord, am your God, who took you out from under the burdens of Egypt. In the Hebrew, the four languages of redemption, which I have put in bold type, v'hotseiti, v'hitzalti, v'ga'alti, v'lakachti. These four languages of redemption are essentially outlining four steps in the process of going from slavery to freedom. And in reference number three, the Sforno, a classic medieval commentary on the Chumash from Italy, who lived in the 1500s, gives a date to each of these different stages of the redemption. According to the Sforno, happens on the day that the plagues begin. From that point on, the Jewish people are no longer subjugated by the Egyptians. Their actual physical labor ceases. Nevertheless, the Jewish people are still under Egyptian control. They have no freedom of mobility. The second stage occurs on the day that the Jewish people actually leave Egypt, after the 10th plague, after the first Seder. On that day, the very fact that they can leave Egypt gives them another level of freedom. But as we know, Pharaoh chases after the Jewish people. And when the Jewish people see Pharaoh and his army, they are totally demoralized and begin asking themselves, why did we leave Egypt? So that the third stage of the redemption process is at the Red Sea. And as the Sforno notes, at the Red Sea, when the Egyptians drown, the Jews no longer need to fear their Egyptian masters. At that point, there is no need to run away anymore. They can now go wherever they want as free people. So that the first three languages reflect the removal of the yoke of Egypt. But there is also another process which is happening. And let me begin by saying, already when the Jews are Egypt, when they have their first Seder, they are beginning to enter into a relationship with God by following all the commandments, all the rituals which God tells them to do, in particular, the sacrifice of the Pesach offering and putting the blood on the doorposts. But then there is a second stage in entering that relationship with God, which happens at the Red Sea. As we know, it says, 
when the people see what happened to the Egyptians, Vayaminu Bashemu Vmoshavdo, they believe in God and in Moshe, his servant. This leads me to the last, the fourth step of the redemption process, which the Sforno says happened at Mount Sinai. And the significance of Mount Sinai for our purposes is not the revelation, but rather in chapter 24 of Exodus, when the Jewish people entered into a covenantal relationship with God. As it says in the verse, and I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. And then at the end of that, it says, and at that point, you will know that I am God who took you out from under the burdens of Egypt. Which means that when the Jews come to Sinai, they will understand and look back at the different stages of the process and realize this is the culmination. So that what we have outlined here is the movement from slavery to freedom. But one could ask, why do I use the words, the movement from slavery to freedom, when in fact it's substituting one master for another master? Instead of being under the subjugation of Pharaoh, we are under the subjugation of God. So why do I call that freedom? So perhaps we need to have a different understanding of what freedom is. Freedom is not just that I am free of something, but I am free to do something. Freedom is what allows me to actualize my human dignity, my human majesty. The difference between God and Pharaoh is that Pharaoh's subjugation of the Jewish people is dehumanizing. God's subjugation of the Jewish people is actually empowering. It is magnifying our human dignity by giving us and entering the mitzvot, by entering into a covenantal relationship. We are now given the opportunity to maximize our human dignity. When we drink the four cups of wine, we are in effect toasting God, thanking God, praising God for each step of that process and realizing how each step in its own right was critical. Going from slavery to freedom cannot happen immediately overnight. It requires a process, and therefore it's important to appreciate each step along the way. In our next session, we will be examining the bread of affliction. I look forward to seeing you then. Thank you to our Pardes faculty. And a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning. And visit www.pardace.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardace.